The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Jace, I love the little trout, but I don't usually see small trout like that. I, I usually catch little bigger ones. But, um, and I'm wondering, Andrew, Delise and I qualify as young adults for the pool party tonight? Don't, I, don't answer that. Um, <clears throat> the, your pause gave it away. We're good. We're good. Hey, uh, I'm excited to be at church. You excited? Excited? I love Sundays. They're my favorite, favorite day. Um, next Sunday, uh, I'm really excited for uh, family reunion. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we, have a, we have some fun things uh, planned, some surprises. Um, we, uh, we were brainstorming literally this week, and I asked our team, what are some things that are a part of every family reunion? And so we kind of made a list, and one of them is that a lot of family reunions, uh, they'll make t-shirts uh, for the family reunion. Have you seen them? They're usually ugly. And so we, uh, we jumped on it. We designed a family reunion shirt, and uh, we'll have those next week. They'll be available for $10 if you want one. We just did a limited run in case you want a family reunion shirt. You can throw it on after church and join us at the park. We're going to go play games and just have a ton of fun. And so I am really excited. Uh, I want to give you a couple of updates uh, before the message that relate to some of our construction projects uh, that are going on. Uh, we've made a ton of progress. And uh, our youth room is almost finished. We actually started moving furniture back in uh, this week. Uh, Tyler's installing all the sound and video uh, equipment, and it will actually officially open on August 27th, which also corresponds with week one for our youth of something that's called Squad. And if the youth were in here, they'd be excited, but they're serving all over the church right now. (laughs) But uh, we're going to open that uh, on the 27th. Next week, we start a remodel of our kids' uh, bathrooms. Uh, That'll be a pretty quick one. We're just going to tackle those two. Um, And then this week, I'm really excited, and you probably noticed during worship that this area looked a little bit different this week. Did you notice that? Did you notice it looked different? Uh, We started, this is actually a new wall. We built a new wall this week, and our new uh, LED screen will be installed on that wall this week. So when you come in next week, it will look really, really good. I am so excited for that. And uh, just a lot of good things are happening uh, uh, across our, our, all the parts of our church, including uh, our, uh, our projects as we update things. So uh, let me tell you what we're doing today. We've been in a series all summer about family, and I really, uh, I, I hope that it was helpful to you and your family. We took a lot of time this summer uh, to talk about family things. Uh, our next series, is coming up. It's called Out of the Cave, Now What? Uh, it's a kind of a part two to a series we did two years ago uh, on mental health. And uh, I, I know that it's going to be impactful and helpful. Um, and so we had a couple of weeks here that we just had an opportunity to do something different. Next week uh, is family reunion. And so today I want to do just one message that um, is really about uh, living your life on mission. All right, living your life on mission. And uh, I'll start this way. I like movies. Does anyone else like movies? Anyone? Anyone? I like, I like movies. Uh, I like, Lisa and I enjoy uh, date night. We, in fact, we went, on a, we went to a movie last night. We, 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 we love movies. It's something we love doing. And uh, I started thinking about movies. This summer, we watched some good movies. We also watched some not good movies, <laughs> Barbie. Um, 
<clears throat> and uh, one of the movies that we saw this summer, I don't know if you saw it, is we saw the newest Mission Impossible. Did anyone see Mission Impossible? Uh, so this summer, uh, a new movie came out, Mission Impossible. Um, it's actually part, se- it's the seventh uh, movie in the Mission Impossible series. It's called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And uh, I have seen all seven. Anyone else? Anyone else seen all seven? There's seven. Not the TV series, but the movies. Uh, I've seen all seven. And I remember the very first one, okay? And I'll tell you why. The very first Mission Impossible released on May 22nd, 1996. That was the summer between my junior and senior year in high school. And me and two of my best friends, Grant and Peter, we went to, to see the movie. And uh, we loved the movie, okay? Can I, would it, would it be all right if I reenacted for you what it was like when we left the movie theater that day? Would you like to see that? So we watched the movie and we're three high school boys, and we came out of the movie theater, and I'll just pretend this is the door, and we came out of the movie theater like this. Right? That was us. That was us. Okay. That was good, right? Okay. Truthful moment. Truthful moment. Anyone else? Anyone else ever come out of a movie in a similar fashion? No? Wow. We, wait, I mean, for real, for real. Is anyone else, you've, have you come out of a movie kind of like that? Come on. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. Come on. We, we just, I don't want to sidetrack. We watched a movie one time about running. I was so inspired that when we left the theater, I said, Lisa, I have to run home. And I literally ran home, all right? I just, I get into them. I get into them. So I came, I, came, I came out of Mission Impossible, and, uh, and, and I come out. Oh, okay, Tyler, Tyler does it all the time. He, he, he comes out of movies like that. I came out, and I was so excited. And I, I, was just, I, was just, I, I had the theme music, and I was like air punching. And I'm just, I was like, oh, man, this, like, I would love to be a super spy, right? Like, that's kind of, but here, here's the reality is, Really, it's this idea of like how fun would it be to like live this kind of a life where the world depends on me completing the mission, right? Like that's kind of that's the idea. And so today, what I, what I want to do is I want to remind you of the mission that you are called to as a follower of Jesus. I, I just want to remind you, honestly, you probably know this. But I want to remind you of the mission that you are called to because it is an amazing, amazing mission. So what I want to do is I want us to pause and just pray. We do this every week. We just take a moment to prepare our hearts for what God has to say to us today. And uh, I would love for you to join me in this prayer. It takes about 20 seconds. All right. How many of you are going to pray this prayer this morning? You ready? All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that it possesses to transform our lives. We just pause and we recognize the importance of these next few moments as we turn to your word and we listen. And so as we open your word, we open our hearts to hear from you. Talk to us today. Help us today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. There's a famous line in every Mission Impossible. It starts like this, 
your mission should you choose to accept, right? And then it outlines the mission for that episode, for the spy, what they need to do. And after they learn the mission, it says this, as always, should you be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. And then it says this, this message will self-destruct in five seconds, right? And then it's always fun to see how it self-destructs. This is the moment that we're going to read about in Scripture today. It's the, it's the final moment as the mission is being delivered to the disciples. But, but first, this is important, we have to understand what Jesus' mission on earth was. Because what happens is God gives Jesus a mission and then Jesus gives his followers a mission. And so it's important to understand Jesus' mission. And I want to go to a, a passage in John chapter 3. Right in the middle of this is the most famous verse in the, in the whole Bible. But I want to start one verse prior. John 3 verse 15 says this, Everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, meaning in Jesus. Everyone who believes in Jesus will have eternal life. That's the, 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 the precursor to this famous verse that we'll read in just a second. And, and, and it sets us up because you just, you just need to know this. I'll just give you a really quick synopsis of the gospel, which actually fits so perfectly with uh, our, our close of worship today, where Pastor Jerry uh, reminded us of, of both the ugliness and the beauty of that moment as Jesus hung on the cross, but then he didn't stay there. He went to the, to the grave. He was there for three days, but after three days, he rose again, and because of that, he paid the price for your sins and for my sins, and if we believe in him, it says, the scripture is clear, that everyone who believes will be saved. So what we believe here at Harvest is that all of us are in need of a savior, Amen. All of us, you're not good enough. I mean, I like you and all, but you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. We can't do enough to earn our way into salvation. There is one way. So what we believe is that salvation is easy. You just believe in Jesus as your Savior. But just because it's easy, you also need to know this. There is only one way. There is only one way to be saved, and it's through Jesus. Now brings us to this famous verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Some versions say he sent his son. For God so loved the world that he sent his son so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life and will not perish. And then verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, here's the mission, but to save the world. That was the mission of Jesus, was to save the world. God sent his son to save the world, and Jesus knew this. Jesus was crystal clear in his mission. Jesus was only on earth for about 33 years, and you see it, his whole life was about this mission of saving the world. And I'll show you in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus is talking to a, a tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus, and as he's talking to Zacchaeus, he says this, for the son of man, that's him talking about himself, or that's, that's language we actually studied that a few weeks ago. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save 
the lost. I, I, I like the words that Jesus chose in this sentence, seek and save, because these are missional words. <laughs> Jesus wasn't complacent about his mission, his purpose on earth. His 33 years were lived on mission. And then we come to a moment where Jesus is going to leave the earth once and for all. And so he's passing on this very important mission to his disciples. I want to show it to you. And here's the context. Jesus has been crucified. He's gone to the grave. He's rose again. And now there's a 40-day period where he spends 40 days uh, with his disciples, preparing them to take on this mission before he ascends into heaven to be with his Father to prepare a place for you and I to come. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, says it like this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, right? This, in other words, this is a chaotic moment. <laughs> they watched Jesus die on a cross. They, then he shows up three days later. Their minds are swirling. They've been with him for 40 days, but they're still struggling. They're wrestling through this. And it says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, to Jesus. Therefore, so, so there, there's a connecting word. Because of all the authority being given to Jesus, therefore, here's the mission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We can hear Jesus clearly passing on his mission to his disciples. There's action words in this, right? Go, make, baptize, teach. This, these are all missional words. Like go and do this, this great mission. I'm passing it on to you. But there's also a promise in this passage because he says, all authority has been given to me, so go do these things. Oh, and by the way, I will be with you always. We read it again in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It says it like this. He said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. He draws a line. There's only one way to be saved. It's through Jesus. Verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who live on mission, right? In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well, and after he gives us the mission, this is the equivalent of Mission Impossible. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds because the very next verse says this. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, poof, he was taken into heaven and he sat at the right hand of the Father. This tape will self-destruct. And the disciples had, they had to answer this question. Will you accept this mission. And this is the question I want you and I to wrestle with today. Will we accept this mission? Jesus is in heaven. He came to, to live out this mission, but he's no longer on earth. He's now in heaven, and he's passed the mission on to us. And the question is, will we accept 
the mission. Let me just tell you my dream for each and every one of you today as your pastor. This is my dream, is that every single one of you would fully embrace God's dream for your life. And God's dream, I hesitate to say that word because dream feels really fluffy, right? We all like to dream. We all like to to imagine uh, an amazing future. But I don't want you just to accept and fully embrace the dream of God. I also want you to embrace the mission of God because they go hand in hand. His dream for you includes this mission and that in living out that mission that you would set out on what I believe is the greatest adventure of following Jesus. Guys, we get to participate with him in bringing the kingdom of God into the world. Would anyone agree that the world needs a little bit of God's kingdom introduced into it? And we get the mission of bringing as many people with us into this amazing family of God. That's my dream, that you would fully embrace that, that you want to just live life I mean, there's a lot of people that are living, that are just, they're just going through, they're just doing, they're just, they're, they have a job, they're, they're having kids, their kids are in school, they bought a house, they drive a car, they're, they're doing it. But, but I'm just telling you, there's so much more to life than just that. And my dream for you is that you would fully embrace that. And I'm just telling you that if you'll do this, you will love your life. <laughs> That if you will do this, you're not going to be bored. I'm just telling you. You won't have time to be bored. You're going to have fun. You're going to have passion. You're going to have joy. You're going to be fulfilled when you live this kind of a life. I I had a moment this week, and I I just wanted to tell you about it because it reminded me of how much fun it is to follow Jesus and to live on mission. I was here at the church and there was a lot going on. I mean, guys, we have so much going on right now. And and all of our team was here. It was Tuesday. Everyone's here on Tuesdays. And so we had a lot going on. We were in and out of each other's offices. We're making phone calls and talking and planning. We were getting ready for uh, for open house. We were getting ready for run for the light in a few weeks. And uh, Andrew Madison and I were were brainstorming because we're going to pilot a, a new Mexico youth pastors trip to our Bible college, Southwestern. And so we were like dreaming about that and putting things together. We, we were dreaming about missions trips for next year. Would anyone be interested in a missions trip? Do you, do you still, are you scared to travel the world or no? I don't know. So we're dreaming about missions trips. We're, we're talking about, I won't tell you about, we're dreaming about missions trips and, and we're, we're, we're talking about all of that. We all, by the way, I, I will say this, we were dreaming about a youth only missions trip, a youth only missions trip, because I'm convinced that when you get youth on mission ships. When you get them on early, it just stays in their lives for the rest of their lives. So I'm committed. We're going to figure out, figure out a way in 24 to get our, our youth on a mission ship. So we're dreaming about all of that. We're dreaming about squad coming up in youth, and we're brainstorming about all the things that. We're talking about family reunion. We're designing the t-shirt. I was on a call for a teen challenge banquet. Are you getting the picture? Like, there was a lot going on. I mean, it was, it was a fun day. And, and all of a sudden, my phone rang, and, and I answered the phone. This this was the moment that just reminded me of why we do what we do. You might know there's a church here in town called Citizen Church, and Citizen has a campus in Maui. 
And uh, they called and said, hey, Pastor Jason, I don't know if you know about the wildfires that are happening in Maui. And I didn't. I actually didn't know. I, 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 I don't watch much news because it just depresses me. So I'm like, dude, I didn't know. So like he's telling me, I'm, I'm Googling, I'm looking, I'm reading about these incredible fires. We were just there two years ago. We know the area. And so it was, it was heartbreaking. But what I love is that Citizens Campus there, Maui, I preached there two years ago, that they actually, they're, they're, they're close enough to it, but they're far enough away to be safe. And so they had set up a, a relief center and they were serving their community. I said, well, how can I help? And they said, well, you know, we were thinking if there was any way to get Convoy of Hope involved, that that would just be amazing. And we just thought nobody works with Convoy closer than, than, uh, than, than Harvest. And so could you help us? Could you get, uh, get us connected to Convoy? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like this, we love this stuff. And so I, I, I sent a few messages. I made a few calls. And literally within hours, we had one of the vice presidents of Convoy on the phone connected to Citizen. And today, they're set up at Citizen Maui, serving that community, helping, being a part. And I'll just, I'll never forget it. Because I was outside. When I get on the phone, I pace, I walk. I was out on the front patio of the church. I was walking and I was on these phone calls in between. I'm just praying. I'm like, God, help us. We got to help more people. We got to rescue, help us. And then all of a sudden, it all came together. I hung up and I literally was by myself just standing out there. And I went, I love my life. I just love my life. I love what we get to do. I love that we aren't just pawns in this thing called the kingdom of God where God just moves us around the way he wants. We get to participate. We get to use our gifts. We get to use our friendships and our connections. We, he, he uses us the way that we are designed. The, the, every one of us, hey, I'll get into this, has a unique gift. And if you'll let God, he will use you in so many amazing ways. It's so fun to live this life on mission. So I hesitate um, always to give you uh, three easy steps for any, any sermon that I preach. I, just, I, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like to, to, to make it sound too easy, but at the risk of it sounding too easy, I have three steps that I'd love for you to take to live your mission, mission on, your life on mission, okay? Three, are you ready? How do you live a life on mission? Number one, discover your mission. Discover your mission. Every one of the Mission Impossibles starts by the, by the spy receiving a mission, right? They get a top secret file, you know, and it's got all the information of who they have to go after and how to get there and who to rescue, and, right? And, and here's what I'm telling you um, is that first, you have to know what your mission is. Otherwise, you will just float through life. <laughs> you'll just have a job and you'll just be married and you'll just go to the grocery store and you'll just be living life. You've got to know what your mission is so that you can live on purpose. And I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned with the modern church because it's taken a version of the gospel that I don't think Jesus ever had in mind. And it's a version that's very focused on our own comfort. It's not about making hard decisions to follow Jesus. It's about how can I be blessed how can I live this life in the most comfortable way? And if I make an impact along the way, that would be okay too. But it's really about myself, my family, and my comfort. It's really become a 
mixture of the gospel with our culture. And, and honestly, it's a little more culture than gospel at times. And today, I want to awaken your spirit to this mission that Jesus came not to make you comfortable, but to seek and to save. He was clear. For the Son of Man came to seek and save. It, he came to live on mission. And today, I want to remind you that, that if you're a follower of Jesus, that is your mission as well. It's your mission. And sometimes I think the confusion comes from this, that I don't know as a church if we've done a good enough job of connecting the dots between your occupation and your calling. So I want to be clear with you today that your occupation is not the same thing as your calling. They're two different things. Um, most of you in the room, hopefully most of you in the room, have an occupation, right? You have a job, and it comes with a paycheck, and it comes with responsibilities, and you have to show up to a, a, a certain place to perform those duties, and maybe you have a team that's helping you do that. That is your occupation, but I want to help you today when it comes to living on mission. you got to know your mission because your occupation is not the same thing as your calling. Your occupation is just a job. Your occupation is a means to an end. Your occupation, here's what will help you. Your occupation is your mission field. That's where God has placed you so that you can live in that place on mission. I'll tell you where this message really began. Well, it began because Lisa and I watched Mission Impossible uh, during vacation. But after that, after that, the Holy Spirit just began to stir my heart as I thought about coming to the end of summer and our, our, our schools starting back. I don't know that there's a greater mission field um, in America uh, than, our, than our schools, uh, elementary through college. Put them all together, gigantic mission field in America. And I started thinking about our, our teachers going back. We have some teachers that, that are part of our Harvest family and, uh, and I, I know that many of our teachers take this very serious, that yes, it is a job, but, but most of our teachers also recognize that that is their mission field, that they are placed in a school, in a classroom connected to students and their families where they have a school year to not just teach them math and English and science, but they also have the ability to impact those families with the love and the hope of Jesus Christ that lives inside of them. And I thought about that, and I, and I literally, I, I don't know, there's, I don't know if there's a harder job, I'm, I'm just saying, there's, I don't know if there's a harder job than being a school teacher, especially today, especially in New Mexico. It's a, it is a tough job. So teachers, I just want you to know, I've already been praying for you, all right? For a few weeks now, I've already been praying for you, and I know most of you have already started back, or you're about, about to, or you're, 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 you're in the beginning phases, and I just want to encourage you that it's not just a job. In fact, if it's just a job, you're going to be disappointed, because the check's never big enough, and it's never going to fulfill you, and you're going to have really hard days, and you're going to get discouraged. But when you're living on mission, when you recognize the mission that God has sent you into that school, into that neighborhood, into that classroom, to those families, when you begin to understand what your mission is here on earth, it changes absolutely everything. I started thinking about our students who started back to school or about to start back to school. 
I thought about um, how proud I am of our Harvest youth right now and, and just all the things that God's doing. And, and uh, I just, I, I'm so proud of our youth. But then I thought, you know, it's pretty cool to, uh, Lisa and I often will be here on a Sunday night when youth meets and we, we try to just kind of be around and hang out and we, we love our youth so much. And, we, and so we see, we see what God's doing and it's fun for them to be together and, and, and we watch them worship, we watch them encourage one another and they're, they're good friends and all that. But, but, but then I thought, what an opportunity that on Monday morning, our students are sent out across this city into schools across Albuquerque and Rio Rancho. I'll say it this way, schools that need Jesus. Schools that need some students who will carry that light inside of them and will not succumb to the peer pressure to be like everyone else, but will understand that even at their age, there is a mission And they're called to live it out in their high school, in their junior high, even in their elementary school. I'm just just convinced that if we figure out what our mission is, it'll change everything. And I know I'm talking about teachers and students, but let me just be clear that whatever your occupation is, it's the same for you. Whatever your occupation is, the giftings that you have that equip you to do your job well, they place you somewhere that I can't get to as a pastor. I can't get there because I'm not in that world. I don't speak the language. I don't have the relationship. But guess what? You do. You are sent on a mission every single day. So I'm I'm here to encourage you today to discover your mission. And then number two, develop the gifts for your mission. In other words, prepare for your mission. In, in Mission Impossible, um, it's called the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, okay? And, and, and to be an IMF, uh, you know, spy, there's a skill set, right? Now, to be fair, it's kind of ridiculous because it is a movie, but you have to be able to run fast. You have to be able to shoot things, you have to be able to shoot things from moving things like motorcycles and cars and you have to shoot falling out of the sky. You have to be able to parachute. You have to be able to disarm a bomb. I mean, normal skills for most of us, you know. You have to be able to fight on top of a moving train. You have to be able to drive backwards. I mean, right? I mean, these are just normal skills. I mean, I can do most of those things, right? Dun, 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 dun. You, you, have to, uh, you have to have skills to be part of the IMF. The good news is, for you and I, those are not the skills that are needed for God's mission. Those aren't the skills. I know some of them are, some of them are fun. Those aren't the skills. And the good news is that God equips you with the necessary gifts for the mission. I'll show it to you in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Christian brothers, I want you to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit In fact, he says, you need to understand the truth about this. And then verse 4 says, there are different kinds of gifts. A pause. That means that we won't all look the same, sound the same, operate the same. And guess what? That's good news. (laughs) We don't need everyone to be the same. Because you're sent to a mission field that I'm not sent to. I'm sent somewhere that you're not sent to. You're equipped perfectly for where you are sent. That's what that means. There are different kinds of gifts. But it's the same Holy Spirit who gives them. So the gifts that you have have been given to you 
by the Holy Spirit for the mission that you're called to. There are different kinds of, get, uh, kinds of work to be done for him, but the work is for the same Lord. There are different uh, ways of doing his work, but it's the same God who uses all these ways and all people. And it says this, the Holy Spirit works in each person in one way or another for the good of all. That's what happens when you submit the gifts you've been given back to the Lord and you use them in your context. So the question isn't, are you gifted? It's, <laughs> have you discovered and developed your God-given gifts? Because your gifts are perfectly suited for where God sends you. I woke up this week, um, just all week, been thinking about this particular message, and, and I woke up early one morning with this verse kind of rolling around in my head, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand. I woke up thinking about this verse, and I, I had this thought that depending on where you're going and what you're doing, you put on different clothes, and you use, and you use different tools, Right? Depending on where you're going and what you're doing, you put on different clothes. So I bought a suitcase with me this morning with some clothes for different things, right? All right. You want to see what's in my suitcase? All right. Let's see. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if you can figure out. Gosh. You can, you can see how. You got to be smarter than a suitcase, Jason. All right, here we go. <laughs> I want to be an IMF agent. I can't even open a suitcase. All right, here we go. Here we go. You see, if you can figure out what I'm going to get ready to do with this particular outfit, okay? When you know it, just yell it out. Skiing. How'd you know I'm a skier and not a snowboarder? Because I'm old, that's why. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here is the outfit if I want to go skiing. I tried this this morning, and I said, Jason, you're going to be so hot, and it's true. It's so true. Gosh, this is hot. This is at least part of the right outfit to go skiing, correct? If I don't have the, the right outfit, it could be dangerous, correct? All right, let's try, let's try again. Are you ready for round two? I picked all hot outfits, y'all. This is terrible. I can tell you right now, this is not going to go. This is not going to go. Where, where am I going? Hunting. Yes. I'm going hunting right now. I've got my cam on. I've got my backpack. Right? Now I'm ready. I'm, I'm not going to Ikea in this. Right? No, you wouldn't. I'm going hunting. I'm going to the mountains. I, I, I've got room to carry all my stuff, right? I, I'm ready to go. I, put a, I, don't, I don't put that outfit on. I put this outfit. I, I put on what's needed for the job. Am I right? Okay, here we go. One more. Jace, I'm for sure going to need your help to get all this afterwards. I'm, I didn't think this all the way through. It's like most of my ideas. I'm going fishing. I don't know if y'all know. I'm not going to Walmart. I don't know if y'all know this or not, 
I literally never travel without a fly rod with me. Did you know that? I call it my emergency fishing kit, okay? This is my emergency fishing fly rod right here. It goes everywhere. It goes all over the world with me, all right? I am ready for the job because I have put on the right clothes and I've gathered the right tools, correct? So here's the idea. Ephesians chapter 6 says, put on the full armor of God so that you're ready to go into battle. And here's my concern. I'll try to say it as clearly as I can. Because I'm worried that there's too many Christians who are showing up to their mission naked. Now, thankfully, you're not actually naked because you get arrested for that. But spiritually, think about what it would take. You can clean up my mess now, Jace. Think about... (laughs) Think about what it would take to put on the armor of God to go into your workplace, to go into your neighborhood, to go into your school, to go, to go into, thank you, to go into your, yeah, give Jason a hand. Here's what I'm telling you. You get up, you get up every day and you get dressed Physically, literally, you put shoes on and pants and a shirt and whatever your uniform is for your job. All I'm asking you is, while you're doing that, to spiritually get ready for the mission field that you're about to enter. Because I promise you this, the enemy is ready for where you're going. Are you ready? I, I, remember, I remember Lisa telling me, my, our whole marriage, I remember her telling me so many times, she said, I remember almost every morning hearing my dad, her dad, she's telling me the story, in his office praying every morning, and one of the things that he prays is he puts on the armor, and he just goes through Ephesians, the next verses after what we read, you put on the helmet of salvation, you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you put on the shoes of peace, you put on, and, and you just walk through, and here's what I'm telling you, is what, wherever you're called, what your mission is. You need to put on the armor of God to go in to live out your mission. So you discover your mission. You develop the gifts for your mission. And here's the last one is deploy. Deploy for your mission. Here's what I mean. Don't just live your life. Live on mission. This person who lives on mission realizes that every day counts. The person who lives on mission realizes there are no accidents. Like, you don't, you don't accidentally meet someone. You don't accidentally, you know, have an opportunity. You don't accidentally get a promotion. You don't, like, nothing happens by accident. People who live on mission realize that they are sent. People who live on mission realize that you live in your neighborhood, in your house, by your neighbors for a reason. You, they, a person who's on mission realizes that their job is their mission field. A person who lives on mission realizes that God has equipped you and called you and sent you. So the question is, will you answer the call? That's really the question. Will you 
answer the call. I had a meeting this week with someone, and, and uh, we were in my office. We were at, at, at our conference table there, and while we were talking, this person's phone began to ring, but she didn't realize it. But everyone else in the room realized that it was kind of a distraction. And uh, there was a moment where I thought, maybe it's my phone. And so I, I'm like, you know, I checked. And I'm like, it's not my phone. And she was sitting beside me. I was pretty sure that it was her phone. But she just kept talking. Has this ever happened to you? She just kept talking. And in my head, I'm like, I don't even hear what she's saying because I'm so distracted. Because I'm like, your phone is ringing, right? And finally, she goes, oh my, oh my goodness, is that my phone? Oh, oh my goodness, you know? And I'm like, yes, my gosh, you know? I didn't do that outside, inside. That, that was my inside. Outside, I'm like, yeah. And I thought of that, I thought of that this morning because I, I just thought how often as followers of Jesus is he calling us to live on mission. He's calling you to, to your workplace, to your school, to your neighborhood, to your friend, to your coworker, to your family member, by the way, who does not know Jesus. I'll just be really clear. Because he came to seek and to save all the lost, all the lost. And he's placed you somewhere and he's calling and he's saying, there's a chance, here's a chance, here you go. I'm setting you up. And, and we're just living our life and ring, ring. No one's phone rings like that anymore, but ring. Just ring in. It's like, are you going to answer? Are you, are you going to answer the call? I just tell you, man, lately, can I, can I tell you something I'm excited about? Can I? Thank you, Jace. I'm going to tell you anyway. Jace, can I tell you something I'm excited about? Our, our city needs Jesus, right? That's not what I'm excited about. Our city needs Jesus. One of the places that, there's a lot, one of the places that needs Jesus is our, our college campus here, UNM. We've been here 10 years now. I can't quantify for you how many prayers we've prayed for UNM. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've went to that campus and ran that campus, prayed over that campus. Prayed this prayer. God, would you send someone to this campus? Would you send a missionary here? Would you send someone here? Would you, like, I, I want to be a part, but, but I know I'm, I'm on the west side. I'm not, like, we need something here. We need, would, would you send someone here? And guys, all of a sudden, and some of you already know part of this, but all of a sudden this year, God started sending people to UNM, right? Right there. I was looking for it. Lexi. God called Lexi, and I'm just so glad she didn't ignore the phone call. <laughs> it wasn't actually a phone call, but she answered. She said, okay, God, I'll go. God called Mandy. You, I don't know if you know Mandy. God called Mandy to UNM. God called Forrest to UNM. God's, God's calling more to UNM. And I'm just, I'm just so, that's, that's the thing I'm, I'm excited about, Jace. You were the only one that cared. That's the one. I'm so excited because we've been praying some of you have joined us in those prayers. We've prayed over that campus, and God is sending people that recognize that that is their mission field, and that they're, they're called, and they're equipped, and they're gifted for that ministry, and they're coming, and they're showing up. But guess what? You are called to. You're called. Tomorrow, you'll show up somewhere, you know, to work or do, do whatever you do. I don't know what you do. You're going to show up. You're called. It's not just a job. 
the relationships you have. It's, it's not an accident. And I just really wanted to take a week to awaken your spirit. Why don't you stand with me? To awaken your spirit, to understand that this life It's not just about you. It's not just about your comfort. It's not just about the things that you'll collect as you go through the life. It's not just about uh, you being happy. It's not about, but that you and I have a mission. It's the most important mission. It's the the most important thing that, that you can do in this life is to recognize that God has called you. Develop those gifts and then just go. Just deploy. Like, I love he gathered his disciples. He said, go make disciples. Go, go, right? Just go. I don't know what I'm doing. Go. I'm not ready. Go. I don't have what it takes. Just go. Just get out there, right? I just want to stir your heart today because listen, I promise you this. There are people in your neighborhood that don't know Jesus. Do you know any of them? There's people in your family that don't know Jesus. Do you know any of them? I hope you do. Do you? There are people in your, in, your, in your job that don't know Jesus. And you have a job to do. You have a job to do. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come. They're going to lead us in a final song. And, and, and I want you to do this. As, as they're singing, in fact, you don't even have to focus so much on singing with them unless you want to. But what I'd really love is I'd love for the Lord to bring to your heart the people in your life that you're being sent to. The people that may never know Jesus as Savior if you don't awaken to the call that's on your life. And then we're going to pray together. And we end every week with this phrase. We say, go be the church. And that's going to be our, 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 our sending. We're going, to, we're going to go to be the church all across this city to lead people to Jesus, to seek and to save the lost. Worship team, come help us this morning. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.